I'm Satya Nelms and this is Our Mother's Gardens. On this show, we discuss the seeds our mother sowed in us, the ways we have grown, and how we learn to blossom. In this space, Black women that have learned to define success on their own terms share stories of their beginnings, healing, and thriving. Welcome and thank you for being a part of this community of mamas, grandmamas, aunties, sisters, cousins, daughters, and friends. Today we are in the garden with Alex L. Alexandra L. is an author and writing to heal facilitator living in Maryland with her husband and children. Writing came into her life by way of therapy and the exploration of healing through journaling. Quarterly, Alex teaches workshops and retreats centered around assisting others in finding their voices through storytelling rooted in truth without shame. Her mission is to build community and self-care practices through literature and language. She is currently an author at Chronicle Books. Alex is the author of multiple books and journals, most recently After the Rain and the guided journal Encourage. She also hosts the Hey Girl podcast. All right. So when you hear the word mother, what does that mean for you? When I hear the word mother, I think of reparenting myself, mm. remothering myself, and coming home to myself in this new and profound way mm-hmm. as I parent my children. Mm. And when, again, when you hear the word mother, who are the women or who is the woman in your life that comes up for you? You know, often when I hear that word, um, I think of my husband's mom, who was just this love-filled human being, amazing black woman, supportive, just filled, like, just filled with love. I think of her. Her name is Eilina. She passed a few years ago, and um, I think of I think of her when I hear that name mm-hmm. or that word, rather. Yeah, when I hear the word mother, I think of her. Mm. Gotcha. And when you think about the mothering that you received when you were when you were growing up what about that mothering was aligned with what you needed and what about that mothering did not align with what you your unique being what you needed I think what aligned with me most was my mother's effort to keep me and her alive. Mm. Um, survival mode is what comes to mind. Mm. Um, and now as a mother of three daughters myself, 
and a woman who is getting to know her mother as a woman and not as my mother, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Getting to know her in this autonomous way. Mm -hmm. I realized that she just wasn't capable Mm. of nurturing me in the way I needed to be nurtured because I don't think she knew how. Mm. Mm. And it's, it's interesting because we recently had a conversation where I just listened to her for about an hour and a half. I was asking her questions and listening mm-hmm. to her answers and it was just so clear that for most of her life, she shrunk herself. She um, was, you know, not necessarily happy. Mm-hmm. She was matri like the not the word I'm looking for. Martyrdom mm-hmm. comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Um. And almost like she just didn't have the space to really be a parent emotionally. Mm. And, yeah, that's been interesting, you know, just getting to know her in that way. Um, Right. Yeah. And when you talked with her and asked her these questions, did you get a sense of where she learned that from or where or why she felt that that was the way she had to be? Mm, um, Yeah, I think she just kind of felt like she had to carry the world on her shoulders. Mm -hmm. Um, She was an older sister. My grandmother was very young when she had my mother. I believe she was 16. And then she turned, she had my uncle at 19. Mm -hmm. So she had two children before she was 21. And um, I think that really took a toll on my mom, you know, just having to be kind of the caretaker role for her Mm -hmm. younger brother and like literally growing up alongside my grandmother. so I just think there was no, when I think about it, I think that I'm doing the healing for our lineage. Mm. I think that I am the matriarch of our healing for this family. Mm. Um, and I, I just don't, I don't think my mom really had the space to do that and I know my grandmother didn't so it's like being the cycle breaker is pretty intense but also so necessary you know as I raise my daughters you know right so going back to you know when you thought of the word mother you thought of your mother-in-law what about the way that she showed up for you was in alignment with what you needed and perhaps made up for or mothered your inner child in a way that it may have needed when you were growing up? 
she was just so kind and her love was unconditional Mm. and I never quite had that feeling growing up Mm-hmm. with the mother that I with the mother that I have um, she you know and not just kind and loving to me but just how I how she raised her three children and how she supported them not just with um, her words but with you know her actions of buying their art supporting their dreams and You know, that was just so new to me. Um, And, like, she would check in before every book signing. She was buying my books, you know. I still don't think my mom has bought a book of mine. Mm. I've given her a book, Mm -hmm. but shes I don't think she's ever purchased one. and when I, me and my husband actually were just talking about this, it's like, you know, we would be the first in line <laughs> to buy our children's work, right? right? Mm-hmm. And I remember him saying like, yeah, that's how my mom was. You know, his mom was a Christian woman, but her oldest son is a comedian who mm-hmm. uses, you know, non-Christian language. <laughs> colorful and language. Would be colorful language. <laughs> yeah, colorful language. And she would be sitting in that crowd at his shows, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and her oldest daughter, well, her only daughter, mm-hmm. is a singer, and she would buy the albums and play the albums and be singing along and You know, and Ryan, you know, he's a writer and she was buying his books. And then I came into the picture and she was buying my books and just being supportive. And, you know, it just, I know that everyone shows support differently. Mm -hmm. But that is what my inner child needed. Someone to give a damn about what I was building for myself and my life versus needed with doubt and pessimism and fear. That's one thing she did not do. She did not instill fear. And I grew up with a mother who instilled fear in everything she did, mm. especially when it came to me. Mm. And when I talked to her about that recently, she said that her mother did the same so I don't even think that she, you know, realized just embedded when it's so embedded in your DNA that you don't even like it becomes a second language. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, it's like it's hard. It's hard to unlearn that. Yeah. So Ryan's mom just gave me a taste of what I had been longing for and what I had been missing. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And how, you know, how wonderful to have been able to experience what that feels like to have that yeah. experience with her. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's a blessing. I remember telling Ryan, like, 
wow, this is who you grew up with? <laughs> you know, yeah. like that's that's wild. Um, and also too, like she, you know, just I don't know. I just remember like when she died. I was like, mm-hmm. that is just terrible. Like why? You know, like I had only gotten to know her for three years. Had, Ryan and I had been together for three years. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've been together almost nine now. So it's like six years without her has been. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it was four years. I don't know. But still, too long. I can't even keep track of time anymore. We've been too long without her, you know, and, yeah. and her and her support and her um her care and her love and it's just pretty you can feel the void Mm. um yeah what is your first memory of being mothered by her or what is one that comes to the surface when you think of being mothered by her I remember her telling me something along the lines of, um, to forgive my mother. Mm. She, she said something like, she's just a woman like me and like you. And I remember thinking, wow what grace Mm. you know Mm -hmm. um what sense of understanding that i hadn't reached i hadn't reached that point in my growth yet (laughs) i hear you uh (laughs) (laughs) and she just wasn't for the foolishness you know she was you know she was just like life is too short she um she passed from cancer Mm. And she was just saying that life is short Mm. and forgiveness is sacred. Mm. I hold that close. Yeah. That is, that is a tremendous amount of grace. Um, And... Where do you think that comes from, that generosity of spirit, as you said, that grace to ex- that you are able to extend to others? Where does that Where come do you from? think it comes from for who? Where do you think it comes from for her as you search for mm-hmm. it within yourself? Where do you find that kind of grace? Mm-hmm. Where does it come from in, in those respects? I think that for her, it came from her faith. She loved Jesus and God. She was a woman of faith. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I know that that plays a huge role um, 
and how she loved her children and how she moved through the world and how she loved on other people. You know, she was just a well of, of grace. Mm-hmm. Um, like even when I messed up, had my shortcomings, acted a fool, you know, she was like, I still love you, girl. I remember her saying that there was one moment in particular where, uh, I was really just not my best self Mm. during a family function. My first time meeting Ryan's family, he brought me home to hundreds of people. It was like a family reunion, Thanksgiving type of thing. Mm. Mm -hmm. And, and my social anxiety was through the roof and I did not, I was not my best self, Mm -hmm. uh, during that gathering. And, it was embarrassing for me, for Ryan. Um, I was very quiet and standoffish and I wanted to leave. And it was really just not good. Mm-hmm. And I remember her saying, you know, after the dust had settled and we got home, like me and Ryan got into a big fight and everything. It was so bad. It was was really bad. I actually wrote about it in my book, After the Rain, in I the re- family section. I remember. Uh, the, yeah, the family chapter. Um, and I remember her just the next day telling me that she was disappointed, that that was not what she was expecting, and she knows me, and how radiant and kind and warm I am, and she just wasn't understanding, and I opened up with her to her about my anxiety especially Mm -hmm. around large crowds and how I just shut down Mm -hmm. Um, and how I didn't have the language then to say you know I don't want to be here (laughs) Um, you know or to say you know to my husband my now husband who was my Mm -hmm. boyfriend at the time to like stay close by because I need you close by Mm -hmm. right I didn't have that language and I remember her saying, I still love you. She goes, we all have our not so great moments. All my, my kids have, my sisters, my brothers, we all have gone through this and, you know, I still love you. And I just remember thinking like, Wow, again, just like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, like this woman is like an angel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because any other mama, I think, would have been like, oh, you, she got to go. <laughs> uh-uh, no, no, she got to go. Um, <laughs> um, but she didn't say that. And if anything, she just loved me harder because she knew I was trying to kind of sabotage uh, sabotage the love I was getting mm. because I just wasn't used to it and my anxiety was telling me these you're not you're not worthy of being around these people mm. they don't really like you you look stupid Ryan doesn't really love you like all these things and she was like, Mm-mm, girlfriend, you're not getting rid of us that easy. We love you. And there will be another chance for you to show up as the Alex that I know. Uh, 
so when I think about the extension of grace that she gave me, I just try to like channel that, mm-hmm. you know, um, to myself, to other people, to my children, that mm-hmm. unconditional, unwavering, sacred, special, forgiving love, mm-hmm. you know, and it's really amazing to see her son, my husband, manifest a lot of her character traits mm-hmm. in the best way. Mm-hmm. Um, and his grace and his, his, his way of being mm-hmm. with people that he loves and with people and with strangers. He's just um, really like his mother in that way, you know, unconditional. You know, unconditional kindness, unconditional support, love, attunement, all of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's who I want to be. That's who I think I am today, you know. Mm-hmm. And I learned that from being a part of their family. Mm-hmm. Like, true, like, learned it not just because they said it or they, you know thought it but because they acted on it Mm. yeah yeah because it's one thing to be around someone who says this is who tells you this is who I am it's another thing to be around people who embody that and that's actually you know who they are yeah (sighs) So in addition to learning this grace from your mother-in-law, what else have you learned? What other lessons do you hold dear that you've learned from the ways in which you've been mothered? Mm. Something I really appreciate about my mother is her her love language is acts of service acts of oh can talk <laughs> her love language is acts of service mm-hmm. and you know she's not very lovey dovey she's not you know she's she's not a lot of things but she also is some really great things mm-hmm. especially as I see her with my children and how much they love and adore her and how. If we ever, if we need her, you know, she will show up. Um, and I appreciate her demonstrating, especially in my adulthood, mm-hmm. more so, especially when I moved out. It was really hard to see each other when I was still living at home. Mm. Uh, I was 24 when I moved out. Um I'm 32, I'll be 32 in July. So it's been Mm -hmm. like some years. Mm -hmm. And we, I can see her so much clearer now. Mm. Um, And how she shows up, you know, for the people in her life, if anyone needs anything, if folks need a good meal, if, you need your laundry folded. You know, she's definitely that type of 
um, woman, you know, anything I can do to help, you know, tidy up the kitchen. She's, she's that. And I love that about her. Um, and I carry that with me, you know, so when I'm in other people's homes or when I'm at her home or, um, you know, I can extend that same kind of acts of service. If I cook extra mm-hmm. food, you know, mm-hmm. I can, I, I'm a gifter when it comes to like food and little things here and there to show my appreciation and her little things here and there, you know, really trying to show up and um, serve. Mm. And I think that's a really beautiful trait to have. Yeah. Um, and, she, and she does that very well. And she's a great, 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 great um, Mimi. She's <laughs> my girl. They love their Mimi so, 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 so much. Um, and it's it's been really beautiful, too, you know, to see her love on my kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, and have them love her back like it's just been really beautiful to see Mm -hmm. to see that and at first I remember feeling kind of away about it like like oh you you do know how to Mm. do this yeah you know (laughs) Mm -hmm. um but she does know how to do it now she didn't know how to do it then so Mm. that's that that grace part like yeah when I was coming up she didn't know She didn't have the capacity, Mm -hmm. whatever language you want to use. She wasn't able, right? Mm -hmm. But she can now because of her self-work and her inner work. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it it all comes full circle at the end of it. Um, And love is love, you know, no matter where it's pouring from or when it's pouring in. You know, it's like, you know, if whenever we're ready to receive, it'll be there, you know, and I just think, I just think everybody is deserving of showing their ways of loving. And, um, yeah, I hope I answered your question. I feel like I just talked in circles. No! (laughs) (laughs) No, that was... That was great. That was, yeah, no, you definitely answered the question. Thank you. Um, so did you witness your mother mothering herself at all? Or did you witness your mother-in-law mothering herself? And how have you learned to mother yourself? I would say no to both of those. Mm. I think our parents can't come from a generation where that's not necessarily the norm. Right. Um, so no mm-hmm. to those. Yeah. How am I remothering myself? I think just extending more kindness, more support, more ease, more grace. Tapping into my childhood wounds, Mm -hmm. um, tending to them, not turning away from them, um, 
and really loving my children with all my all my being um not just through words but through action um yeah because as i love them i love myself Mm. i love that yeah 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 uh, yeah, I oh man, I love that. <laughs> and I a, just think yeah. I think I think that like, you know how some people are like, you don't have to love yourself to love somebody else. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people, maybe I shouldn't say a lot of people, but I think some people, if you're not a caretaker, mm-hmm. and if you're not a parent. Maybe I should put it more bluntly. If you're not a parent, if you're not a mother, it is very hard to make that statement. Because there's no way I would want to show up with, without loving myself and expect me to love my children in this big dynamic way, yeah. right? It's like, yeah. how do we lead by example Yeah. if we hate ourselves trying to love our children? Mm. And... That's very hard to do. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm a product of that. Mm-hmm. My mother didn't love herself. And because she didn't love herself, it was hard for her to love me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that self-love is this really sacred gift that we give our community, because if we love ourselves and if we know what we're worth and if we trust that we are deserving and that we are worthy of joy and all the things we would tell our children, mm-hmm. then it will manifest, it just manifests different, differently. It hits differently. It resonates differently. Yeah. So... I just think that it's a beautiful thing when you're able to show up in motherhood, at least with the taste of what self-love looks like, feels like, Yeah. you know? Yeah. I yeah. don't know. That's just my two cents, but... No, you know, in thinking about, you know, the journey toward learning how to mother yourself without having had that example it's a harder thing to do without having mm-hmm. that example. So likewise, you know, when you're raising your kids, you don't want them to have to arrive in adulthood and have to learn how to love themselves because they don't know what that looks like yeah. because they didn't see it growing up. You don't, and you know, speaking for myself you know I want like you said to be able to love them from this really full place I want to be able to give them all the love that they deserve and that requires me loving myself yeah yeah so my last question if someone um, were to come to you and ask for advice about what to keep in mind, what to remember when mothering, 
what would you tell them to keep sight of? Don't forget about yourself. Mm. You have to be a part of the practice. You have to be a part of the equation. And you deserve that attention and love and time and rest. Mm-hmm. Um, and to just not put yourself at the bottom of the list because you're the vessel keeping everyone else full mm-hmm. and you need to take time to replenish. Yeah. Thank you for listening to this episode of Our Mother's Gardens. If you want to support the show, you can make a sustaining donation on Patreon by visiting our page, Our Mother's Gardens. Please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and leave a review. You can also find us on Instagram at Our Mother's Gardens PC. Our Mother's Gardens is a honey bunch of stinkweed production. The podcast features music produced by Bata. 